Hi there, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Krista. Uh, what do you know about DCOMs, Krista? Nothing. I watched uh, High School Musical and, and oh. Camp Rock. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and I watched all of them. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, it was like an event in our house. <laughs> so join us for a DCOM deep dive where we're going to watch and review every single one. All right, are you ready to run? I'm ready to run. Bring on the horse movie. Our second horse movie, right? Yeah, I saw on another DCOM podcast, it said this one should have been named Horsets. Yeah. Spoiler, this is about a girl who can talk to horses, which is somehow still boring. Oh my gosh, it's so boring. There's even like some A-list actors in this. Wow. Oh. I mean, Sinbad. <laughs> He's not A-list. He's not A- Okay. Am I famous? I am the biggest- Sinbad fan in the world. I've listened to Sinbad's podcast. Um, I bought my dad tickets to see Sinbad on Christmas, right? And my dad saw Sinbad twice. Raised on Sinbad, he's like my favorite. But I'm realistic about this. He's not Tom Cruise. No, but I mean, as far as comedians go, people like him, right? Yeah, but he's I, Robin Williams was a list, you know. Okay, yeah. You know, I, like I don't think he has that kind of pull. I think he has a ton of pull though. And I think he is like deserving of a list. I mean, I never heard of him until I knew you, so I'm not really talking from my point of view. I just thought because you know more famous people than me that you knew who he was and stuff. So I think he's deserving of a list. <laughs> That's how I label him. Deserving of a list, <laughs> but not a list. But not a list. Okay. Right. Either, anyway, uh, the premiere was uh, July 14th, uh, 2000. Uh, we're about halfway through the 2000s, although I don't know if we're halfway through. You mean the year 2000. That's what I mean. Not the decade, though. <laughs> we are closer to the end of 2000s after this one of the movies. This was probably, can we say it, worst of the 2000, year 2000? No. I think I can say it. <laughs> you think this movie was worse than Rip Girls? That was 99, wasn't it? That was still 2000, oh, Jake. No. There's been lots of terrible movies made in the year 2000. Rip Girls is so bad. Yeah, this is not nowhere near. Nowhere no, near no, 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 no. as not, bad. No, Rip Girls is way worse. Way, way worse. At least three times as bad. Rip Girls belongs in the trash. This movie definitely doesn't. All right, let me give a plot summary. We're off the rails already. <laughs> a girl named Corey works for a horse trainer and really wants to be a jockey. But her mom will let her because her dad died jockeying. Blah, blah. Like, again, with the like, okay, somebody died and there's trauma and that's why they don't want you to do that. It makes sense. It's understandable. Anyway, Corey realizes she can talk to horses and buys a horse named Thunder Jam, or TJ, for a bag of peanuts after he loses. They train the horse, and he does way better at racing, especially when he's listening to music using headphones so he doesn't get distracted. That part of the movie I thought was cute. Uh, their jockey hurts his hands when their nemesis starts a fire, so Corey steps into jockey and wins a big race. Also... Did I mention that their nemesis is responsible for her dad's death? Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it was his fault. Yeah, 
Yes. Like 100% his fault. The whole time he's just kind of like this typical nemesis in a movie. And then you realize near the end that he, yeah, it was his fault their dad died. And then I was like, this just got really deep and really weird. And now the whole thing is awkward. Yeah. Like... It made it was it went too far in my opinion. I remember this premiere. I remember this premiere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to think about it, but it came to me. Oh yeah. What? Well, what was it? The what one. Happened? So what they advertised for this movie was like Sinbad is in it, featuring the voice of Sinbad, <laughs> featuring the voice of Sinbad. So that's why I wanted to watch it. And like my dad caught wind. He's like, Oh yeah, I want to watch it too. We watch it. We watch it. We watch it. Sinbad's first scene is like maybe twenty five minutes in. And it's for seconds. And my dad realizes, like, Sinbad is, like, a cameo at best. And he, I think he turned it off. Uh, yeah, Sinbad. Well, also, the main horse, TJ, was another actor. Uh, sorry, not actor. A comedian. Was another comedian. And it's crazy. Like, Sinbad and this other guy are probably funny. But they're not funny in this movie. No, not at all. They're not used for any kind of comedy. They're just there. Yeah, I mean, Sinbad kind of talks to a sheep, and that's kind of amusing, but I wouldn't call it funny. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Though, I think I got my biggest laugh right out of the beginning when, like, Thunder Jam, he, like, loses his race, and it's introducing, you know, all the characters, and this guy's like, Thunder Jam, you're pathetic. I laughed so hard at that. He was. This just... was all the horses talking to each other, by the way. No, this was a, a jockey. Oh, a jockey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He like gets <laughs> out. He like loses. He gets off Thunder Jam. He's like, "You're Thunder Jam. You're pathetic." <laughs> Loved that line. Yeah, I frequently tell the horses that I ride how pathetic they are. So talking about how yeah they should cut him up for horse meat. Oh my gosh. Yep. Well, for the passion, it was a lot of a horse. Horse stuff. Oh, no, I was cutting the other guy up for horse meat, not Thunder Jam. The one she lets go. Okay. I'm still talking about the fashion, though. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, For the fashion, um, lots of, like, a long-sleeved ribbed shirt, which is coming back in, I would say. Uh, Vests. Uh, It's just, like, mostly horse kind of outfits. Jean jacket vests, large barrettes. Um, So, a little weird thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. (laughs) Is that the lipstick? Uh, lipstick has really changed over the years. I wouldn't know. Um, for a while, your lipstick—you wanted your lipstick to be very shiny. So sometimes you would wear a lip gloss, or you would wear like a lipstick with a lip gloss over it, and it would make the lipstick really shiny. And then it kind of went away from shiny, but it was still a little shiny. And then matte got really impop popular so like a matte lipstick which is like the opposite of shiny and now it's kind of somewhere in the between maybe but like this shiny lipstick look and the dark eyeshadow look it was like right now ah, it kind of depends on the person about the dark eyeshadow but this eyeshadow in particular I was like oh that's a 2000s look oh this like dark eyeshadow with the shiny lipstick so Anyway. Are you talking about the mom primarily? Yeah, the mom. The girl doesn't really wear makeup, which I like. I like. I thought the mom just kind of looked like an 80s Mexican lady. Yeah. You know, like Maybe her hair, does. her look. Yeah, like that was a very 80s Mexican look. But I feel like then, you know, the 80s carry on into the 90s and into the 2000s. 
20 years. There's a little out since 1980. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, I think for- No, no, no. Shiny lipstick. That is very, that was a thing when I was in middle school because my mom took me to get my first like makeup stuff. And we went to a Mary Kay consultant that my mom, it was my mom's cousin. Of course. And I got some lip gloss at that and it was shiny lip gloss. Oh. Shiny. Shiny, okay. <laughs> I I wouldn't know. Okay. All I do know is Thunder Jam, he won't even race, okay? He won't he won't even race. He doesn't want to race. He don't want to be part of the race. He's not a racer and he's not racist. Right. No races. God, this movie was so boring. I made the dumbest joke. Like, is that is <laughs> this is about the same as the thirteenth. Okay, I want I want to bring something up. Um, so we've had two horse movies so far, and the first one was like wild horses, and they should be free, and they shouldn't race horses because they're not free, and it's not good for them. And then this one is. All about horse racing. No, they owned horses in horse sense, though. He's upset because the people who race them typically mistreat them, is what he said. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that Disney Channel has some very mixed messaging. Is horse racing good? Is horse racing bad? People are mistreating horses. Oh, wait, maybe they're not. It's just it's just very confusing. <laughs> I guess. I just... Maybe it sounds like some somebody would say who wasn't informed about horse racing or had seen just like one bad thing. You mean in horses? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about horse racing, so don't. Here's the thing. Jay. I don't know. I'm very malleable when I watch the uh, Disney Channel original uh, movies, okay. and so you they told think. me one thing, and that's now, and viewpoint. I believe that. I got that's it. my viewpoint, and then they tell me another thing, and that's now my viewpoint. So now I believe it's right again. So when you see Minutemen, you're gonna think, "Wow, time travel, huh?" That'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. I am very, just very open-minded about any content that I consume. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Pitch Perfect, and be like, "Wow, dating a hologram." What? Falling in love with the hologram Pitch you made. Perfect? Yeah. Pitch? What's it? It's it's like the same name as Pitch Perfect before Pitch Perfect. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine though. Yeah. Um Pixel Perfect. It's Pixel. Okay. Pixel Perfect. I was like, Pitch Perfect? Where I should just sing with a bunch of my girlfriends. It's also Sounds a good. singing movie though. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. We'll get to that in a couple of years. You know, I also uh, wrote down, Thunder Jam, you're pathetic. <laughs> it was a really stupid line. I think the best actor was Mr. Machado, though. Okay, so who's Mr. Machado? Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Mr. Machado, he's like formal, former champion horse racer with Corey's dad. And he, Corey works for him. And then when she buys Thunder Jam, he's like, I'll house him. Also, I'll train him. But you can't be the jockey because your mom doesn't like it. But I I like your mom. I think he's really respectful of the mom. Like, I'll say that. Like, I, she is not old enough to just do something without her mom's permission. No. And so I liked that he was like, he listened to the mom. He respected her. And also, again, the mom makes this decision because her husband literally died while jockeying. It's just terrible. And like... Uh, I don't know. I think it, I guess I already said this a little bit, but it just frustrated me that like 
everybody's like not understanding of her. Like, yeah, but it's really Mr. Garris's fault. Like, if if you died or something, like doing some extreme sport, not that horseback riding is, but I don't know that I would want to ever do that or have anything to do with that. Okay, so spoilers. Mr. Machado used to race for Mr. Garris. Yeah, just for like later. We always spoil the whole movie. I know, I know, I know. Are you going to say spoilers before everything? Yeah, uh, we should say it at the beginning of every podcast. Every single podcast. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this movie at length. (laughs) Don't listen to this podcast if you ever, ever don't want something spoiled. I'm just fast forwarding to a later reveal. That's what I mean. So Mr. Garris... Is the bad guy. That's who um, Mr. Machado used to race for. And he's like, we had a falling out. We find out the falling out was Corey's dad was about to race. They The vet looked at the horse and was like, don't race him. And Mr. Garris just like got a different vet who played a blind eye, raced him anyway. What The horse bucked him off and like killed him. Yeah. And so the, the main guy, Mr. What's his Machado. Name? Machado. Mr. Machado, like. Uh... He was done. Yeah, he, he like, feels responsible, and he did everything he could, and, like, you never know, like, something might not have happened, but it's like, ugh. And he also is into the mom, so it's like, let me kill off your husband, and now I'm going to hit on you. <laughs> not that that's what it was acting no. like. He's but... the, the romance champ and the mom, you see it right from the get-go. It's like, they have eyes for each other. They probably have for a while. Okay, but... In any movie where, okay, everybody's like a kid, like middle school, and suddenly there's two adult characters, by the end of the movie, they're going to be together. That's yeah. just how it works. Yeah, it is how it works. <laughs> two single man and a woman, like they're going to be together. And Corey's like, my old dad's, my dead dad's best friend married my mom sounds great. Like she's on board. <laughs> but truthfully, Mr. Machado is like a great, great dude. He really He's constantly is. depicted as like, the golden man. Yeah, and like I said, he's so respectful of the mom, and although I will disagree, I think that the best actor in this one was the grandma. I think oh, yeah. the grandma was awesome. She wasn't in there much. She's the one no. who's like, hey, hey, Corey, something runs in our family. I don't know Spanish, so the confidence of horses. <laughs> they always said it in Spanish, and then they said it in English, which is funny that they do that, but it uh, turns out because Corey is pure of heart, horses will talk to her and she can talk back. Yeah. And again, you would think that would make the movie more interesting somehow, but it like affects nothing. The horses don't listen to her and like do what she says usually. No, they're kind of too busy doing their own thing. Yeah. The only thing she realizes is how anxious Thunder Jam is. Yes. And that then helps. how to get him distracted. But here's the thing. Mr. Machado clearly knew the horse was anxious. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. They they didn't need to talk to him to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like everything that she learns from the horses, she basically could have just figured out from not talking to them. So anyway, um, I just want to tell this really funny story. Because... Please do. So there's this scene where the girl, Corey, goes into her bedroom and her brother, they share a room, and her brother is in there and he has like... Uh, her underwear on his head. Yep. And is like pretending to be a jockey, like it's his helmet or whatever. But this actually happened to me. Not I With didn't your have brother. I didn't have underwear on my head, and I don't have a brother. 
but <laughs> that's why I was confused. I was like, your younger brother? That did you have a dead younger brother who died horse jockey? This exact circumstance happened to me. No, no, that's not what happened. Sure. So I, I was at the uh, enrollment um, at one of the schools I worked at, and I look up, and there's this girl that has this thing on her head, and there's two holes, this piece of cloth. There's two holes. It's like two pigtails are coming out of it. And I look closer and I'm like, oh my goodness, does that girl have underwear on her head? And I keep looking and she like walks by. And then a few minutes later, she comes back and she definitely did. She had like this pair of underwear on her head and then she had a pigtail out each of where the legs go. Was this in college? No, this was an elementary school student. That's why I'm being very vague. Uh, <laughs> well, and I was just like, hey, did you see that? Like to another teacher, like, did you see that? Did you see that girl with underwear on her head? Anyway, don't do that in public. That's my hot take. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the theme song? You didn't even really remember it till I played it for you. It's been stuck in my head since we watched this. You have been singing it so, so much. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to fly. It just like... For some reason, it reminds me of something that I would have sang in church in like the early 2000s, like like a like chorus. Stephen Curtis Chapman's yes. Great Adventure song. Yes, there's Saddle up your horses, <laughs> we got a trail to bring. Those are like the same song. And the one and... blue yonder, God's amazing prayer. God. Yeah, everybody's cranking. I don't even know that song. Um... But even the words sound like it's a Christian, like, yeah. like I'm ready to run, like I'm running the prize or to get the prize or something. Like, it's just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're really great at putting out art that everyone forgets. <laughs> um, excuse me, not all art. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good Christians. Better is one day in your house, better is wow. one day in your car. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> one of our greats. <laughs> Down the world. Yeah, of course I've heard it. So this one also, ironically, the other horse movie was the first to do this, but this one also had a lot of Christian slash um, religious symbolism. There was, they were Catholic. And so there was, uh, the grandma would use like her, um, her rosary. The grandma yeah. would use her rosary a lot and would be praying with that. There were icons in the house. Yes, icons in the house, um, crucifix. There was there was a lot. So I don't I don't remember they talked about it like a ton a ton, but it was definitely in there. So I guess horse movies and religion just go together pretty well. <laughs> I have this line written down. Apparently, I think Mr. Garrison said, you know what happened. Accidents are part of racing. Get over it. God. Like, get over the fact that a dude died? Because of your choice? Yeah, what a jerk. I just don't... That's just so unbelievable to me. Like, I think he would have felt bad. I don't know. Bad guys are callous in Disney movies. <laughs> they don't care, Krista. They don't care at all. You know what? Oh. Just think about the bad guy in Fern Gully. Okay, not a Disney movie. Okay. They don't care they're polluting the forest. <laughs> they don't care. I guess the thing is, like, usually the stakes are so much lower when the villains don't care. That's why it rubbed me the wrong way. So, like, in the, oh, why can't I think of it? The dog movie that I liked. Oh, You Lucky Dog. Lucky Dog. The villains. That was, that was 17 movies ago. I know. The I keep talking about it. It's fine. 
the the villains are like after money and so when they do like crazy stupid things and say silly things it's just like about money i guess they do kill someone never mind i take it back what do you think this guy's after <laughs> he's after money i know but he lets uh it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars per win i know i just it's just terrible he's horrible what'd you think about moody Who's Moody? The jockey. They only say the name one time. Oh, that's right. Or two, maybe, to your credit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole montage that he had where he's trying on clothes. <laughs> Why are there so many trying on clothes montages? I think they were like, how do we make this movie 90 minutes? Oh, yeah. Montage. 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 <laughs> clothes montage. So, okay, I guess we could explain him a little better. He, They need a jockey, and the girl is not allowed. Corey is not allowed. Right. And so they're like... Who can we find? And they somebody brings him this guy, and he is a circus horse like performer. Yeah. So he can do all these crazy tricks where he's like in and out of the saddle. He can do like I don't know poses. <laughs> he's he's good. very good. Um, no, his stunt double's good. This clearly his stunt double. Every time I was like, dude, that's a way bigger person. I think I was confused about it because when he first showed up, I just thought he wasn't going to be a, a main character because I was like, oh, Corey's the main character. She's going to get to jockey. But he's like in the whole movie until the end. I mean, he's around the whole movie. He doesn't say much, but that's his personality. Yeah. He's like, all right, dude. That was cool. All right. <laughs> Corey's our chatty Kathy. And you know what? I don't think Corey's that bad of an actor. No. I thought, you know, she, this is a rip girls, okay? This isn't even 13th year for that matter. Like, I think I was more bored in 13th year. Yeah. Like, most of the time I'm like, dude, this girl is adorable and so fun. Yeah. And, and did a good job. Yeah, I I definitely thought um, when, oh, Moody. So he's like listening to music while he jockeys a lot. And um, he has her listen to music to kind of just hear what he hears. It's so flirtatious. And I was just wondering, was mm. that like a big thing you did is listen to music with your friends, like on bus rides or whatever? Yeah. Is it like really trigger? Not trigger, that's a bad word. It reminded me. It's still a trigger. A trigger is a reminder, positive. Okay, a positive. It's typically trigger. a negative one the way we use it, but I think people know it. Ah, that word is just so overused, and I don't like using it too much. But, Fair enough. But I just. It's still a trigger, yeah. Okay, so I was triggered to think about um, in middle school and high school, we used to like get one person's CD player and eventually one person's MP3 player or iPod. And like each share a um, earbud. Yeah. And are gonna split it. Yeah, I was never cool enough to have a splitter. Oh, we had splitters. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of doing that on the bus, but it it was it was a sweet memory. I impressed a girl in middle school doing that. Oh, what'd you do? She had a Frank Sinatra CD, and she like had her favorites. You know, everybody. For I guess for context for our people who didn't grow up with CDs, obviously we didn't always listen to the whole thing. Right. Like we'd have our favorites and then maybe on a brave day we'd be like, yeah, I'll listen to track four. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't really like track four. Anyway, so she had brought it and she's just listening to all of it. And uh, it got to a song I knew word for word. Oh, she. I didn't know any of them that well, but I knew this one song. Perfectly. Which song? Uh, you Make Me Feel So Young. It's in a lot of movies. That's why I knew it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And so I start singing all of it. And she's like, how do you know this? 
how do you know this? I'm like, I'm just kind of shrugging. I'm like, I don't know. And I shouldn't have shrugged. You should have like wiggled your eyebrows at her or something. No, it was like an adorable shrug. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was trying to play it cool because I, I did know how I knew. <laughs> I knew it from Dennis the Menace Strikes Back, which I'd seen a thousand times. Do you think if she would have known that, she would have been just as impressed? Oh, I told her within a few minutes. I acted like I remembered later. I do that sometimes because I'm afraid people think I know too much. Or I don't do it as much now. I don't really do it now, but when I was a teenager, I was like well, kind of afraid okay. that people thought I just remembered everything because I don't. My sister Obviously. Shannon and actually one of my really good friends, Abby, they're very, very good at remembering people. Yeah. They're just excellent at it. And so, and I'm like, okay. So I felt this feeling too, but they will like know who someone is. They'll know why they remember them and they will like be like, okay. It's creepy that I remember this, and it's creepy that I know who this person is and exactly what their name is and everything about them that I know. Yeah. And so that they, like, they, like, try to play it cool, like, hey, like, I think I remember you from something, like, ah, uh, I'm not sure. And then, you know, yeah, I get it. I do. Even at, so we do trivia every week, and, um, yeah, even at trivia, I feel like I have to justify why I know what I know. Of course you do at trivia because you're like have to sh- prove that you know it good enough to put it on your answer. But if I'm the only one who knows it and I know it like super quick, I'll still do it to like the the host. Okay, so one time, <laughs> yeah, the host we've kind of become like buddies with him. We're not close or anything, but like we like ba- you know poking fun at each other. He's a cool guy. And one time it was like um, I don't know what is heliography heli. What's study of? Ography? Osophy. Osophy. He goes, yeah, anyway, it was basically, what is the Greek? Um, No, like study of, like biology. Heliology? Heliology. Ology. He goes, what is heliology? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know this because I know ancient Greek because it took four semesters of it. <laughs> I was like, that's the study of the sun. Thank you very much. And I walk up and... um. I'm like explaining why I know the answer to him because I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, I took ancient Greek college. I wasn't trying to impress him, but I felt weird being so quick. <laughs> That's so weird. I know. I feel like I would just be proud. Like, yeah, I took, I took four semesters of Greek for this moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which a lot of people, I'm sure, got it right. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a certain moment. Oh, please. So, okay. So throughout the movie, the bad guy, if a horse isn't doing well, he he basically shoots them. Yeah. And, which is a thing. But um, she, like, hears about this guy and is going to shoot the horse. And she, like, sneaks in. And that's when she, like, realizes she can talk to horses. And she frees this horse. And I was just like, so actually what she's doing is she is stealing this horse. Yeah. Worth hundreds of dollars. Thousands. Thousands of dollars. Easy. And releasing it. And I, I'm just like, I know it's a movie. And as a kid, I never would have thought about that. One time I was driving along in my little car and I was in college and I saw a loose cow. And because I grew up in a farming community, I was like, this is bad. 
this cow is worth tons of money. I don't know how much. So I call I called the police and I like reported it and they like took it. I I know now I probably should have called like the police station, but I didn't know that. But anyway, all I'm saying is it's important. Like your animals are worth a lot. And so she just like stealing all this money to free the horse. Yeah, because she's not obsessed with money or capitalism. But what if she would have been caught? She cares about a horse's life. Well, I think even if a horse is killed, there's still like, I don't know, maybe that's not true. Like there's still some value to it. You can sell it. Yeah, that's what they were literally coming to do. They were coming to turn into horse meat. Right, which is still money. Like, I don't know. I don't don't think he should have been wanting to kill the horse, but I don't know. But I guess if you can talk to a horse, it feels it, it feels like it's a person. She didn't know she could talk to horses. That's the scene where we found out she could talk to horses. Right, right. Because she frees the horse and the horses are all like, did you see that? And she's like, who's talking? And she realized she can talk to horses later. <laughs> but we, the audience, are like, oh, horses? She can talk to them? Talk to them? Anyway, obviously it all comes down to the big race, what the Gold Rush Derby and um it's not that exciting of a finale guys um <laughs> the bad guys like okay but sorry the bad guy just bans electronic devices so the horse can't listen to music that okay but that was my favorite part of the movie is that also you skipped the fire we got to talk about the oh fire. yeah the fire's big <laughs> when mr garris literally burns down the stable <laughs> With Moody, I already forgot happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he literally okay, just throws a cigar in there. Okay, one of my favorite parts of the movie was uh, the horse listening to music. So it starts um, during a race, if I remember right. Is that right? I don't even remember. I think it starts during a race because she's like listening to music, and he's he's like not doing very well, and then she just like puts it on his ears like really suddenly and dramatically and then he ends up doing amazing at the race i think she does it like at the gate yeah yeah and so it's so it like distracts him enough but what i liked about it is that it's just so cute it's like he has these cute yellow headphones on and then um whenever he goes to the big race all the people are like super pumped about him wearing headphones and so they have these little horse horse shirts with headphones on them. Yeah. I, I want one. They're so cute. And then the other thing I thought was kind of silly is like, because of the way a horse's ears are, it's like below his actual ears. Right. Which I thought was really silly. So I he could probably still hear it, but it's still like below his ears. Do you think he listened to the song Ready to Run every race? <laughs> every race. Well, it loop. said that he really liked punk music. So oh, that's right. And so then they train with him. They like he's always wearing the headphones. Um, yeah, it's just like a, it's like a big part of the movie. It was like one of the only parts of the movie I liked. <laughs> wow. Because they're yellow. They're cute. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. Why? <laughs> Like, you have the, all these comedians lined up to voice these I horses, know, right? and, like, it's the worst dialogue. Especially for Sinbad, who's, like, an incredible improver. That's, like, what he's known for. 
But and you can't improv when you're voicing a horse. Robin Williams did for a lot. I suppose he saying. probably could have. So the only thing Sinbad really did is he was like, he like talked to this sheep and he called the sheep stinkier. He's something. in the first race. Yeah. And then it's like no jokes. And then for the last race, he's like, hey, stinky, get me out of here. And he like opens the stable and they watch the race together. He's like, anybody brought some popcorn? It's like really dumb. It's so stupid. It's not funny. I mean, his voice is kind of funny the way he talks. But yeah, it's I mean, not funny. that funny. How much do you think they paid him for like those five lines? He didn't even have to like act. He just, bo- I mean, voice acting is still really hard and a good trade, but, but I'm just saying. Not like that. He didn't yeah. have to like be there on set to like. Hey, enjoy your five minutes. Here's your... He didn't even interact with anyone else. No. Like, he just said his lines and then left. Yeah, and this other comedian who voices uh, TJ, like, I don't know anything about him, but if he's a known comedian, like, let him do his thing. Right. That's why you hire a comedian. I mean, TJ's whole shtick was that he was a nervous horse. And that's all he talked Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, I'm just I'm just so anxious about the race. I'm TJ. Yeah. And even when she talked to him to try to pump him up, it didn't it didn't really help. It was just I don't know. But you know, at the final race he's not allowed to wear headphones after the fire. The fire those aren't connected. <laughs> The fire. Basically, Mr. Garris is like, I'm tired of them winning. And he comes over and he sasses everybody. And then he throws a cigar in the, into, the, into the stable and it burns down with Moody in it. And he burns his arms and he can't race. Yeah. I I mean, it is definitely a typical villain thing to do is to burn down a stable with animals. And I course, know I would. Of course, they're going to go rescue the animals, which... I don't know. How do you feel about that? It was literally there so to set up Corey has to race at the end. Oh, yeah. Right? They just need a reason. But how do you feel about these stories where people go into burning buildings to save their dogs and cats? Uh, it depends. It just depends. It can be done really well. Torn. And it can be done really poorly. Like, I want to cheer it on, but, like, your life is more valuable than your animal's life. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It is. But you know what? In, um, what was the Superman movie? The Christopher oh Nolan was. I don't even. Okay. Yeah, when he, he he's like, hey, hey, Clark, don't save me from this tornado. I'm going to go save this dog. Even though you could take both of us, run light speed miles away, drop us off and run back and no one would know. I think that I'm just coming. I don't know. I had this very stressful experience. It wasn't even me personally. I I was living in Dodge City, and the, it was super dry, and mm-hmm. there were some fires happening around town, like pretty close to town. Sure. And I was at my work, and I walk into the office, and there is a secretary, like almost in hysteric, and she's on the phone. There are other people in the room. But she was like on the phone and she's like pleading with her son, like to get out of their house and get away. And her son is wait, like literally has waited probably, possibly she wasn't there, but possibly to an unsafe time because he wanted to save her dogs or his dogs, which is very, very noble of him. Sure. Yeah. I hope he got to. The amount of distress that I saw 
from her to me it's just kind of like in my brain like what would have happened if he waited a few more minutes you know and that getting that dog took a few more minutes like I don't know I don't know everybody lived right everybody lived everybody's okay just like in the fine their house is fine yeah just like the movie everything's fine (laughs) anyway tj wins everybody he wins the race without headphones without his headphones because they play it over the loudspeaker oh i forgot they also have these (laughs) you did that you did that no you you reached over to my side of the table and malicious knocked over a bowl. Knocked over salad. your salad bowl that you had that I had it. That pushed you over. Seriously, put on the no, 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 no. Anyway. Get out. <laughs> Go ahead. I was talking to the salad bowl, not you. Uh, I forgot to mention one of the other cute little things that they had about the horse ears. They have like actual headphones with little horse ears on. Oh them. yeah. They're so cute. Is that what you want, horse ear headphones? <laughs> Uh, so they're not allowed to use the headphones, but Moody runs up to the booth and plays the music over the loudspeaker, spe- which doesn't seem fair, but it's okay. Hey, he won. you have to win in a decom. You can't <laughs> lose. Okay, this isn't a DreamWorks movie. <laughs> we have to win. I Up, up, and away. He never got his power. Yeah, but he realized he is a hero on the inside. But he really wasn't. Let's be real. No, I'm kidding. He kicked the soccer ball and saved his family, Krista. He stopped Earth protectors. You you must not think policemen and firemen and everyday people can be heroes. I certainly do. (laughs) All right, that's it for me. I'm done with this movie. Well, I I just wanted to say, um, so at the end, they build the new stable and... Moody becomes the DJ and he he's just DJing music for the horses while they exercise. Yeah, I know. That I was my that. other favorite detail. Oh, that was cute. <laughs> that was cute. Okay, well, since Jake is done talking about the movie, I guess I will be too. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about what you want. I'm just, you know, like some movies aren't worth talking that much about. <laughs> Some would say most of the movies we are talking about are, but we know they're wrong. Yes, <laughs> they're not wrong. Actually, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed them a lot till now. I mean, till Rip Girls. I think Rip Girls really just like it, like broke your spirit. I think. I think it also broke like our oh, watching sure. streak. We were watching very, uh, we were watching pretty consistently, and then Rip Girls just like we couldn't do it. Miracle Lane Two is so good. I think we just. Incredibly good. Incredibly good. Okay. So I've been tracking some things in this one. There was the single parent. Um, yep. Very obviously. Super disapproving parent, although her husband did die from the thing she was disapproving. So there's that. And then uh, religion. There is religion. There is not any kisses. And it is not based on a true story, believe it or not. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can. I have the El Caballo gift. That is, is it, uh, That's the Spanish for horse, right? Oh, what the rest I probably wrote it down somewhere. Okay, where are these actors now? Ah, uh, Corey. Corey Ortiz uh, is played by Crystal Poe, and I think that was her acting name, and later she became known as Chrissy Perez. But she only has four credits, 
So, although she was a decent actress, like, yeah. as a kid. Like, yeah, she could have had a career. Yeah, but she did not go on to it. Um, she's known for The Division and General Hospital, but, I mean, they're small roles. And she was most recently in Heart Set in 2011. Um, I kind of like this just because I can relate. She was born in Caraville, Texas, and her graduating class had less than 40 students. Oh, one of those Suck towns. I had 14, Peter. Um, I looked at her acting pro profile and she had trained in jockey writing and it was in her acting profile. So she at least did some of the writing herself. Oh, she definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ready to Run is her first acting credit. Good for her. Yeah. Scored the lead off the bat. Yeah. Um, B. Moody was played by Jason Doring, who has 55 credits. He's known for Deep Impact. Oh, I peeked the mic really hard. Woo! <laughs> uh, Veronica Mars for 72 episodes. So he's definitely got on to be an actor, and he's also done voice acting. So Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep, Tara. That's the main guy. Uh, and oh, that one. oh, and that one, okay. Mm -hmm. And then iZombie. I think that's a movie. He was most recently in SEAL Team in 2021, so still acting. He's appeared on an episode of Baywatch in 1995, and he had been acting since 1994, had 10 credits before Ready to Run. Oh, okay. He has twin brothers and twin sisters who have also been in films, and they are the sisters um, in Growing Pains. Well, the sister, Christy, Se Christy Seaver. Christy Seaver's his sister? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, his two sisters are Christy Seaver's. No, Christy Seaver's played by one, or is that the baby? The baby. Baby. Uh, well, play You're right. Yeah, yeah. She's not in there much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh, this is fun. He's a Scientologist. And he credits it as his for his understanding of acting and his career professionalism. They typically do. So his father, he's just goodness. I mean, I feel like kids that get into acting usually have parents that like at least care about it. But yeah, his father is Doug During, which is a millionaire who founded the market research firm called Deering, the Deering Company, and he invented Neopets. Okay. I actually can say your facts are a little wrong. What? That company bought Neopets. Oh, they did not invent it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Because I rem the, this is part of the downfall of Neopets. Like, no joke. Please tell me about this. Um, Yeah, I thought you'd want to know. <laughs> it was originally made just by two people, and the Doring Company like invested slash bought into it. And they wanted to make it like a Scientology thing. They kept trying to put Scientology ideas into, into it. Neopets? Yeah. And the founders were not fans and it kind of caused Neopets to crash. So, Oh my gosh, I love that fact so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it isn't what it could have been. Um, this is a quote from, this is from a web archive I found from Buddy TV in 2008. He says about Scientology. Um, the misconceptions that occur with people who haven't ever read a book about Scientology or don't know what it's about. They're just taking someone else's false opinion of what it is, um, Doring explained to Portrait Magazine. Just for me, it saved my acting career. I became a professional through Scientology. I understand acting I understand acting better because Scientology is the study of life. You really went deep into his Scientology background, huh? That's the most interesting thing I found about. Or oh, was that like the most things you could find that he talked about? 
Well, that he did talk about that, but he also okay. likes to grow his own food, and he's a beekeeper, and he has an add on Craigslist to do bee rescue. Awesome. I don't think it's still there. I looked on Craigslist, but I mean, how could I find that? Love it. Okay, Hector Machado. He is played by Nestor Serrano. He has 128 um, credits, and he is known for The Day After Tomorrow, Bad Boys, The Secretariat, which is another horse movie. He was also in uh, 24 as Navi Arez. What's his name? Um, he was most recently in Walker Independence for four episodes in 2022, so pretty recently. And both of his parents were immigrants to the Bronx from Puerto Rico. He started acting in off-Broadway plays, and he and the grandma from this movie were both in Ugly Betty together. Awesome. <laughs> the grandma who I loved was, um, her grandma name was, oh man, Lourdes Ortiz. And it was played by Lillian Hurst um, when she has 65 credits. She's known for Orange County, Lost, and she's on Sesame Street as Maria's mother. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. And her last film was in 2016. God bless. The mom was Sonia Ortiz, was Teresa Sal- Saldana, um, who has 54 credits. Oh, man. I, got, I did a little deep dive on her. So she's known for Comish and Raging Bull. Her last movie was Illusion Infinity in 2004. She has since passed. Um, she died June 6, uh, 2016, at age 61. So it was still kind of young from pneumonia. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. But here's where it gets juicy. So she had a stalker that attacked her. That's horrible. I know. So he said he had orders from a higher power. He um, came at her and stabbed her with a five and a half inch hunting knife, 10 stab wounds, and he punctured her lung. Um, a delivery man intervened and saved her. So God bless that delivery yeah, man. Yeah, seriously. But she survived. Uh, I mean, obviously, she didn't die from that. Um, she survived, and she founded the Victims for Victims and lobbied the 1990 anti-stalking law. Good for her. I know. So she really made a big difference yeah. after that terrible event. So, Golly. Yeah. Where, uh, what a life. Yeah. She did a lot. So I mentioned TJ was Paul Rodriguez. He's a stand-up comedian with 91 credits. Um and then Gabby, the younger brother, he was Christian Guerrero um, with four credits. So he also didn't have very many. But I thought, what do you know Sinbad from? He has 44 credits, uh-huh. most known for uh, Coneheads, Jingle All the Way, and Good Burger. House Guest and um, The Cherokee Kid. Okay. Yeah, those are all of his, pretty much his big movies. He cameos in a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. He's most recently in Atlanta in 2022. I think that was a stand-up set that he did. Yeah, he had a stroke not too long ago and hasn't been able to perform. I think that was in 2019 or 2020, though. So if he was performing in 2022, sounds like he's bounced back. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Maybe it's just that he was, like, living in Atlanta. I don't know. I wrote I wrote in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't performed since the stroke. Yeah. Um, but he's been doing great, according to the family. Yeah, He's been recovering. Awesome. He's been coming back, but he's not ready to perform yet. How old is he currently? He's like early 60s, okay. mid 60s, yeah. something like that. 
He grew up, I've read his autobiography, he grew up in the 70s. Okay. So that should give you a guess. He's like a kid in the 70s. Okay, what are our Disney connections with this one? All right, I really had to try because there weren't that many. Okay. Dwayne Dunham directed Halloween Town, the 13th year, ready to run, double team, right on track, Tiger Cruise, now you see it. Uh, No, you don't. Michael Sacante, he played Homer Flanagan. I don't even know who that was. He's probably just like a one-line character. He's in Xenon the Zequel as Lieutenant Hart, who I can spot. I know who that is. Not in that movie very long, but I know. And then Wendy Wu, he's Mr. Garibay. I never saw Wendy Wu. Just you saying that reminds me of your dream to just be in a Disney Channel. Yeah. Honestly, these adults, you could just be an extra adult. I want a line, though. Well, yeah. I want a line. Doesn't have to be a good line. Doesn't have to be a great line. Disney, if you ever listen to this, let us just be in your movie. All right. And, of course, we have Phil Marshall on the music. So here's our Phil Marshall fun fact. He is a two-time national sailing champion and competed professionally as a surfer and was a U.S. Open winner. Um, he's been on the pro windsurfing tour and was a world-ranked competitor. He's also an avid runner. He enjoys golf, speed and regular, skiing, and mountain biking. We're going to be like the biggest Phil Marshall fan side the end of it. I want him on the podcast more than anybody. More than <laughs> Kirk Cameron, more than any of these actors. I actually want to meet Phil Marshall. That would be pretty cool. He's a great, he's, his music is great. He was involved in so many DCOMs with so many people. <laughs> I love you, Phil. All right, next we have Don Brochu. He was the editor for this, Tiger Cruise, High School Musical 3, and Descendants 1 through 3. So he has oh. been in the DCOM game recently. Yeah. Yeah. I've... That's crazy, though, because those are like huge gaps of time in between. Them. He may have the longest career in terms of like most recent to earliest. I guess we'll have to find something out. like that. That'd but be hard yeah, to I'd, out. I'd say so. Michael Slavis, he was our cinematographer. And then on some DCOMs, he's been that, or a director of photography. Worked on Halloween Town, 13th year, and uh, this is his final DCOM. So, Aww. farewell, Michael. Maybe you'll make another one in the future. <laughs> uh, Bill Borden was our producer. He produced Ring of Endless Light and the four high school musical movies. So, when I say four, I mean also Sharpay's Adventure. I've never seen that one. I'm very excited to. And he's currently working on the high school musical series high school musical the musical the series yeah why would they do that to us it's because high school musical the musical the series is self-aware in a funny way i'm sure it is i have watched at least season one and maybe two but the movies aren't funny so okay anyway uh (laughs) here's some critical review oh yes imdb has an audience score of 5.4 out of 10 with a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Brandy Farrell says, Oh, man. First off, I am embarrassed for Jason Doring for his role in this movie. His character is super cheesy. Like so many Disney movies, it starts off fine and then goes off the deep end. It can't just be a movie about a girl who wants to be a jockey and is especially talented at it. It has to turn into a talking horse movie. Yeah, it has to. This is a Disney <laughs> Channel movie. It does have to be a talking horse movie. Um, it shouldn't be a regular movie. I don't want to watch a regular movie about a girl. Yeah, we already did that with the Red Girls, and look where that put us. Horrible. I want to watch a movie about a girl who can talk to horses. They didn't do a great job. Um, This, is my, this pretty much sums up my thoughts on this movie. 
Steve Johnson from the Chicago Tribune. Why was he watching? I don't know. Um, he says, you think you know exactly where this movie is heading. In other words, I think this is a part of a quote. And then the horses start talking and it turns from merely predictable into exasperating. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I mean, lighten up a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Yeah. But... <laughs> All right. It wasn't predictable for him, I guess. What do you rank this? Dun, dun, dun. Um. Well, I you, what do you rank? I give it a six, same as I gave thirteen. Yeah. It's really not horrible. It's just okay. I think I liked it more than 13th year. I could even see myself knocking down 13th year a little bit, just to give this movie a little cushion. Despite coming down hard on horses. I'm knocking it down right now to 5.5. <laughs> I gave it a three. Yeah. I did like the premise of 13th year better than I liked this, I guess. So, But it was better than horses. Or was it? Yes, you definitely liked this better than Horsehead. You were so mad at that movie. For no reason. I know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it a 2.8. Lower than 13th year? Well, I had to do it higher. Yeah. Some of these ratings are very bad, and so it's making me judge. Because I'm like... Under wraps is a five for you. Okay, I stand by that. I Here's what I think. I just, like, have to have some extremes. Like, I now know where bottom is. It's Rip Girls. Yeah. And I now know where top is. It's Miracle in Lane 2. And so this one, not there. No, but it's not a failure, so I give it a, a six. I just thought the idea of turning into a mermaid is better than the idea of talking to horses. So that's why I raked it lower than 13th year. This is better. It's a little... Okay, fine. You've convinced. I was like, do you not remember us staring at each other in 13th year and literally pulling out our phones and being like, when is this over? Okay, I'll give it a four. Thank you. You're welcome. You convinced me. I was like, you... We didn't really, we were not that entertained, but we weren't suffering. No, we weren't suffering. That's why I it only, doesn't deserve that. I only thought, oh my goodness, when is this movie going to be over? Maybe once. Yeah, we <laughs> thought that the whole time during 13th year, we were like, this is, this is a struggle. Oh, so the next movie is Quince. Yes. Okay. Quince with Kimberly J. Brown. You looked over at me and you were like, Krista, I bet you know exactly what Quince is about. And I, I'm like... How would I know that? What is a quint? Do you want me to guess what I think it's about? Yeah, it's a Latin word. I know. I know what like a quintuplet is, Jake, but I don't know what a quint is. You kind of spoiled it for me. You told me, oh yeah, quintuplet. Yeah, I thought it was obvious. It's not obvious. Twins, triplets, quadruplets, quintuplets. Quintuplet. Not quint. A quint just sounds like you misspoke and didn't say squint right. <laughs> or quintessential. The only thing I could think about with it, trying to say this is like, 
A, maybe they're aliens called Quince, is what I thought this movie was about at first. Or maybe they just, he has a really bad eyesight problem and he's squinting all the time and he tries to make it cool by calling it a quint. And he sticks the S at the end instead of the beginning. Quince said a squint. Exactly. See? Sounds like you were able to imagine what you would think anyway, even <laughs> though I I just thought you knew I did. I was confident. So my official guess is that it's about um a bunch of aliens called yeah. Quince. Quince, the other me, mom's got a date with a vampire. We're going to have a good time. Good. We deserve it after this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope you're ready to run now. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this at the beginning of every podcast now, like maybe before we hit record. Just imagine me being like, all right, Krista, you ready to run? <laughs> for the podcast or just for me. I'm le- I'm telling them what we're going to be doing from here on out before every podcast. <laughs> I was really confused because I thought I ended it. Okay, I'm going to say, we ready to run? Click. <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> I may even sing the song for you. I'll probably forget by the next time we record. All right. Goodbye. See you next time for Quince. See you, Quince. Thanks for listening to DCOM Deep Dive. Be sure to check out the movie we talked about on Disney Plus or on YouTube or on Amazon. A lot of them are available for rental there. And be sure to follow us on social media where every single week Krista edits our faces onto every DCOM poster. It's hilarious. Thanks for listening.